Hey everyone, Wilson Cochran here. This past weekend, we really had a treat. Steve Backland of Igniting Hope Ministries and Bethel Church in Redding, California, actually did a Zoom call with our senior pastor, and that was the message for this last Sunday. So um, my dad, Van, he interviews Steve, but also Steve just preaches and shares his heart for how we can respond to COVID and how we can be hope-filled people. You're gonna love this message. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, here we go. Drum roll, please. Get a drum roll going on your laps at home, all right? Just furious drum roll. Um, this morning, we have Steve Backland of Igniting Hope Ministries and uh, Bethel Reading Church in California, who's going to be giving the message. It's really cool how this developed. My dad texted him about two weeks ago and said, hey, Steve, what would you think about zooming in to one of our Sunday morning services since um, we're kind of thinking on the, the quarantine thing? And Steve just jumped at it. He, was, he said, I love sewing into your church. I'm excited. I love your people. And it's really cool if you remember in January, we had Steve's wife, Wendy, here, who just absolutely wrecked us in the most amazing way possible. So much powerful stuff about um, connecting with God's imagination and not letting our imagination run wild. I would really encourage you to go back to the podcast and listen to all like four or five of Wendy's messages. But this morning we have Steve. This is going to be Steve's third time ministering here at our church, and we're just so blessed every single time. Um, before I hand it off to my dad, what's going to be happening is my dad's on a Zoom call with Steve right now, and my dad's going to introduce him, and then Steve will take over. But you guys at home, you don't need to do anything. This whole, the whole Zoom call is going to be patched into your live feed. So take your hand off the remote right now. Don't do anything. Just sit tight. Um, it's going to transition to my dad in just one second. But before I hand it off to my dad, I do want to encourage you to, to go to ignitinghope.com. Lots of great resources. Steve has some really timely blogs right now. Like he has a recent blog, 15 declarations for uh, during the coronavirus that are super good. All kinds of practical wisdom. You can also get in touch with his resources there. You can make extra gifts. You know, people like Steve right now, they are living on... People like Steve, their main income comes from traveling and speaking. How many know that a lot of that's not happening right now? So you can go on and you can sow into his ministry and give there. But mainly, I'd really encourage you, the resources there are going to change your life. So go to ignitinghope.com um, after the message, and you can get more stuff. But for now, I'm going to hand it off to my dad, who's going to introduce us to Steve, and we'll have us for the rest of the message. Take it away, Dad. Hey, everyone. It is so exciting to be here on this Zoom call with Steve Backlund. Uh, we are practicing right now the ultimate social distancing. And uh, Steve's in Northern California. I'm here in Cincinnati. As Wilson said, Steve's uh, fast becoming one of our favorite speakers. A tremendous teacher as well as encourager, a man who's named his ministry Igniting Hope. And so what, what better ministry and anointing for us to open our hearts up to than the, the ministry of hope and encouragement. And, and I believe that as we uh, spend this time with Steve, God's going to fill our hearts with hope and courage. So Steve, take it away. Man, it's just what, what a joy it is to be with you. And it's an honor to partner with your church again and Wendy was there in January. She just loves you guys. And that was a, just a, 
such a, a blessed time. And she sends her love and her, her greetings as well to the family there. And yeah, isn't it amazing the technology of what we can do right now? And, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, who, who would have thought that we would be online here and that we can influence each other <clears throat> at this level. And, you know, I've been uh, connecting with a lot of church leaders this week and, um, and just so many of them are just saying God's doing great things through the online meetings. And, and by the way, I was just so blessed by your worship today. So blessed by the spirit that I felt during that time and the prophetic ministry. And so we love you, Van. Love Lori Wilson, the team. And, and just believe in this will be um, just even these moments right now. I believe God has ordained these moments. I was praying this morning earlier, and I just had such a sense that uh, the Holy Spirit was going to do something. He's already done something powerful in this meeting, but he's going to increase it. And I believe this for such a time as this, that we're alive. We're the Joshua's and Caleb's of this generation. We're the Esther's of this generation. And, you know, our hearts, um, we stand in the name of Jesus. Uh, we, we pray against the, the mountain of coronavirus in the name of Jesus. Be removed and be cast into the sea. We're praying for our national leaders according to First uh, Timothy 2, that we give thanks and we pray for wisdom. Um, we, we say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And, you know, just to, as I was, you know, just praying over your church and I've got, I've, I've got a message I want to share today, but there's a couple things prophetically that I was hearing. And, and this, this one is that um, Vineyard Cincinnati Northwest will never be the same again after this particular season. And there's, you know, it's a challenging season. There's a pressurized season. We have to be adaptable. But your ministry will never be the same again. Something's going to happen. I've been sharing the testimony of the, in 1919, the, the city of Enterprise, Alabama, created a monument to the bull weevil. <laughs> and they... <laughs> And they put, they have a monument in the city of the insect, the boll weevil, because a few years before that, the boll weevil had wiped out their cotton crop. And, and what they found out, though, is that in place of cotton, they could grow peanuts. And they found out that peanuts were more profitable than cotton. And they were so excited about that particular um, turn of events that, you know, they thought who to thank besides God, you know, for his blessing on them. They, they, they decided to thank the bull weevil. Now, <laughs> so I, again, uh, I don't want to make light of any of the, 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 the challenges people are facing or the negatives. And, but we do stand on Romans eight twenty eight, and all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And, and I'm also hearing that you're a key ministry in, in our nation. You are a key ministry in our nation. And God's doing things in you that is you're, you're being prepared for assignments bigger than you know. And then I also heard the nations of Canada, Costa Rica, the United Kingdom, France, and Thailand. The doors are opening uh, for you and for the people that you're connected with, the people who call your church home. 
So I've got a, I want to minister out of Isaiah 60 today, a very familiar passage. And Van, I'm going to give you the opportunity. We talked earlier, you know, I've got, I'm going to have four points to this message. So after each point, if you want to, you know, jump in, you want to ask anything, you want to, you know, comment, feel free to do that. We'll make it, you know, somewhat, you know, interactive here. But the Isaiah 60, it's, it's a season of, of, of going back to Isaiah 60 and 61. And some who are new in, in maybe watching and you're new to the Lord or you're just, you're, you're, a, you're a seeker and you're coming to the Lord. In the Old Testament, Isaiah chapters 60 and 61 are incredible passages. Um, and so many of you watching right now, some of your life verses are in there. And it's a season to come back. To those. I want to just read uh, Isaiah 60, starting in verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and, the, and, <laughs> and his, his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. <laughs> I want to read that again. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. And it just goes on into, into some great things. And I want to just give you today four keys to arising and shining, four keys of how to arise and shine in our lives. And, and it, it's, the, it's the command of the Lord, arise and shine. And I believe there's grace on us to arise and shine. And, and key number one is, is to believe you will thrive no matter what happens. Believe you will thrive no matter what happens. You know, the Apostle Paul, he must have gone to a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it church. Because this is, this is what he said in, in, in Philippians 4.13. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now. If God wanted us to think uh, with limitations, he did a bad job in telling us so. He, he did a bad job. I mean, he, Paul said, I can do all things. And that's pretty, there's not many limits on that. And the context of that is, is that Paul said in, in verses 11 and 12, he basically said this. He said, no matter what happens, you know, whether I'm abounding or abased, whether I've got plenty or, or little, I've learned to be content. I've learned to be inwardly successful. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we're, we're so thankful that Paul was basically saying, whether I'm a, a millionaire, I can thrive. Whether I'm in jail, I will thrive. And by the way, you know, one of the, one of my favorite, uh, you know, I think about the devil, a biography title for the devil and, what I think the best biography title for the devil is this, it backfired again. <laughs> it backfired again. And, you know, with, with, with Paul, 
And I mean, it really backfired putting him in jail. He, he wrote, you know, half the New Testament. He didn't write it all in jail, but he wrote a big chunk of the New Testament in jail. So he thrived no matter what. And I believe this, that as we believe that we will thrive no matter what happens, that we can do all things through Christ, it's a part of a rising and shining in an incredible way. And I do believe, you know, it, the difference, we're igniting Hope Ministries, and I, I love faith, and I love hope. And here's how I see the difference between faith and hope. Faith says God's going to do it that way. Hope says, I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Faith says, I'm going to get married. Hope says, even if I don't get married, I'll thrive in life. Faith is specific. Hope is general. I believe this. If we, if we try to be a faith person without having hope, then, then it's unhealthy in our lives. And I do believe, you know, there, there's the two sides of a coin. We, we stand in faith. We stand in believing the promises of God. But we still believe that no matter what happens, no matter what happens in our future, we are going to thrive incredibly. So the first thing, key to a rising and shining, is to believe you will thrive no matter what happens. We are adaptable people. We don't need just a limited set of circumstances. And I already see the adaptability in you guys. You're adapting technologically to what's going on. You're adapting in relationships. And so, Van, that's number one. Well, Steve, that's awesome. Um, uh, those prophetic words you gave us are really powerful. And then to follow it up with that first point is just really life-giving. Uh, Could you tell us, can you talk for a moment about how do we steward the prophetic words that you gave coupled with this first point? Well, I think it's, um, you know, first of all, stewarding prophetic words is just valuing them. It's, you know, we're in a, we're in a culture where, you know, here I'm on staff here at Bethel church and it's hard to move. It's hard to walk around without getting a prophetic word. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel the same way about you guys. You bring your teams up. You, you make room for it. You value it. And, you know, it says in 1 Timothy 1.18, it says war. Paul told Timothy this war, a good warfare, according to the prophecies given to you. So we, when we begin to note uh, a theme or a pattern in the prophetic words and repeated words and repeated emphasis, we take note of those words, and then those words create vision for our future. Because one of the purposes of the prophetic is to jolt us out of survivalism, jolt us out of passivity and fatalism, <laughs> and, and cause us to actually believe there's a future and when we actually believe there's a future beyond surviving now that's what the the angel did to Gideon in Judges 6 you know Gideon he's he's in survival mode <laughs> he's hiding in a wine press and the angel gives him a prophetic word hey you know what you're a great leader you're a mighty man of valor God gets in the act and says you're gonna save a nation and the prophetic um, gives hope and our strongholds, our strongholds hate hope. Our strongholds, you see, the, the negative strongholds in our mind hate hope 
because they want to protect us and they they want us to just uh, believe that everything in the past is the way it's going to be in the future and that it's the limiting beliefs. So I think this whole area of the first point of arising and shining that we believe that will thrive no matter what happens, the prophetic fuels into that and causes us it gives us energy to actually believe we're important. God's with us. <clears throat> and that no matter what happens, those words are still true. That is so powerful, Steve. Thank <clears throat> you. I, I, can you take just a moment and talk just a little more, maybe just even review the difference between faith and hope so we really get that? Yeah. <clears throat> if faith, <clears throat> faith is specific. Faith is saying, it's like Abraham had a promise. You are going to be the father of many nations. All right. It says in Romans 4.18, it says, talking about Abraham, against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed and became the father of many nations. He put the promise in, of that specific word for his life into the soil of hope. And hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hope is, you know, just saying, it's, it's, it's this. One of my favorite definitions of hope, Van, is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. And hope... Hope says, I don't know what the future is, but I know God's got good things for me because my, my, my future is as bright as the promises of God. I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. I believe the more truth we believe is the more optimistic we'll be. And obviously right now we're fighting for optimism. I, I wake up and man, the lies, who the lies want to get on me. And yeah, who I got, uh, you know, I got to shake them off and got to believe truth. Got to get those prophecies in my mouth. No, God's got a future for us. So hope is the safety net. Let me say this. I don't know if I said it before. Hope is the safety net for when what we believe for in faith does not happen. That is so good, so good. Can you talk for a moment about uh, how hope and wisdom fit together? Is, is there anything you would have to say about that? Well, wherever there's no hope, like I heard, a, I heard about a, a town that was going to get covered, they were building a dam and the town was going to get covered by the reservoir of the dam. And so there was no more future for that town. And when the citizens of that town understood that, all improvements stopped. All moving forward stopped. And so what happens is that once there's hope, you know, one of my favorite Bible verses, one of the greatest hope bringing Bible verses in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation, or some translations say no trial. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape that you may be able to bear up under it. 
that verse is saying, basically, there's always a solution. There's always wisdom. There's always, there's a way of escape. No matter we're a million dollars in debt, there's a solution. There's a way of escape. Our family could have just blown apart this week. There, and so what happens is that when there's hope, if the brain doesn't believe there's a solution, it won't look for one. And once the brain actually believes there's solutions, there's hope, there's answers, then we actually see wisdom. Like in the Old Testament, they, they came to a, a body of water that was bitter. Someone got, got the idea, the wisdom, hey, let's throw a tree into it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that makes sense. But they, 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 they believed there was an answer. And people who believe there's answers who are not hopeless will get solutions and wisdom. That is just so fantastic, Steve. Thank you. I, I can't wait for point two. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't wait either. Here, here we go, man. Let's go. All right. Number two is the way to, a key to a rising and shine is to be radically thankful. Radically thankful. I love, I, I, when I first tuned into your worship, you were singing the song where it says, thank you, thank you. Just kept singing the song, thank you, thank you. Um, one of the books I wrote is uh, Victorious Mindsets. And it's 50 Victorious Mindsets. I wrote that book um, out of, I, I took inventory of every single area of my life. <clears throat> this is about 2005, 2006. Every area of my life where I did not have inner victory. I, had to, I would note, I'd go through the day and I didn't have inner victory. I, you know, I'd go, you know, I'd move down into discouragement, victim mindset, pessimism, self-pity, whatever it was. And then I'd ask myself, what's the lie that I'm believing that's creating that lack of victory? Then what's the truth that's the opposite of the lie, which becomes the victorious mindset? Because the renewing of the mind isn't uh, just by osmosis, reading the Bible or going to church, which is so important. But the renewing the mind actually comes when I say, I'm not going to believe this anymore, but I'm going to believe this. I'm not going to believe I'm only anointed when I feel anointed. I'm going to believe I'm anointed all the time, because that's what the Bible says in 1 John 2. And one of the victorious mindsets is, is about thank you. I say, my theory is the two most important words in the world are thank you. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I got a lot of reasons for that, but... Um, one of them is, is that thank you is one of the greatest ways to capture lives and to stay in faith. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Paul said this. He says, do not worry about anything. You know, sometimes I read the Bible, are you sure, God? Man, you Don't worry about anything. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That's the key phrase in that verse. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We arise and shine when we value thanksgiving, because the moment we add thanksgiving into our prayer life, we move from begging into faith, and it leads us into an area of peace, and peace is a main part. Uh, of arising and shining. And I love making declarations, and many of your people know that, and the power of declarations, because if we're going to 
experience something higher. We got to believe something higher. We're going to believe something higher. I've got to hear something higher than I'm experiencing because faith comes by hearing in the positive and negative. Gideon heard something higher than he was experiencing. It started to crumble the stronghold. I, I'm not waiting for somebody else to say something to me. I'm saying it to me. You're crazy if you don't talk to yourself is a, is a book I wrote. And so a lot of my declarations, probably most of them, have the word thank you in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that my prayers for my nation are working. Thank you you're moving in my family. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that this coronavirus is decreasing. Thank you that I have wisdom, that I'm going to know what to do. Thank you, Lord, you're, you're providing for all my needs. Thank you the church is arising and shining like never before. Thank you you're giving our president and our, our state leaders wisdom. Thank you, God, that, you, that, that, that solutions are coming. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thanks that, that my family's in revival. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that I'm overcoming in these areas of my life. Thank you is so powerful. When we think, because arisers and shiners stay in faith. They, they, and, and it's thanksgiving, and the words thank you uh, is, is so powerful, because thank you is, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a catalytic thing that helps us capture lives. So that's number two, Van. And so powerful, Steve. I, I can just imagine that uh, all of our people listening to this are starting to think a different way and starting to think of all the different things that they can thank God for and things that they want to see happen that they can yes. thank God for. So that's really great. Keep going. All right. I will. Yeah. Before I get them through and just, I'll just say a couple more just about thank you. Um, the promises of God, it says in Second Peter 1, 4, that we've given exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we might participate in the divine nature. And when we get the promises of God in our mouth, I mean, you know, the greatest declarations are, are, are just the promises. Thank you, Lord, that all things are working together for good. Thank you that you're providing for all my needs. Thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 91 protection on my life. Thank you. All right, here's number three. Arisers and shiners uh, are moving forward in their personal lives. Arisers and shiners are moving forward in their personal lives. And, you know, it's, I love the story in, in, in Exodus 14 where the children of Israel, man, they, they're, they're in a very difficult situation in their lives. I mean, you, we think we got issues. I mean, they're, 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 they're out of Egypt, and their, their future's blocked by the Red Sea, and, and their past is catching up to them, the Egyptians. And they're, they're there kind of hemmed in, and they're crying out to God. And then God asks Moses a question in Exodus 14, 15, which he says, why, why are you crying out to me? You know, and I, I think Moses, like, hey, I thought that's what we're supposed to do, cry out to you. And I know there's a point to crying out. But here, here's another point. He said, why are you crying out to me? Tell my people to move forward. Tell my people. And I believe this, one of the greatest jobs of leadership right now 
is to tell their people to move forward in their lives. You know, there's a time to pray, and I believe we need to pray. But there's also a time where we just we need to stop praying and we need to move forward with what God's told us to do within our lives. You know, it's um, in in it says in Philippians three thirteen, Paul said this: one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. And I believe this, one of the greatest questions that we can ask ourselves right now is what does it mean for me to move forward in this season? And, you know, we're, we're here at home, I'm doing this at my house and, you know, you know, before I got on here, Van heard my dog Duncan. He's barking in the background. You know, we got we got things going on. You know, things are not normal. Ministries not normal. But I really believe this that you know I'm in a season of investing. I believe, and and you know, there's something to invest in. You know, Van, you and I were talking about Bill Johnson's message last Sunday morning here at Bethel, and he was talking about three famines, and. He, you know, the first famine he talked about was in Genesis 26 when Isaac sowed in a famine. And I love what Bill said that we, we both of us got fired up about this. You know, he said it wasn't about him sowing finances so much as him sowing into his own future, his own business. He sowed seed for crops because he was a businessman. And so he was, he was actually in a time of, of pressure and lack. He wasn't neutralized by that, but he actually was doing something that was going to reap a harvest later on. And I believe this, and that for each of us in our lives, if everything we're doing and all the different dynamics of spending time, more time with the Lord, bonding with our family and our home like never before, reaching out to others as we're able to reach out, um, that one of the things that this season is about is I believe some of the greatest things that are going to come out of our lives are going to come out of what we invest in this season. And, you know, it says in, in John 4.35, Jesus said this. He said, do you not say four months and then the harvest? <laughs> you know, he says, if, he says, but I say to you, look up and see. The fields are white for harvest, right? There's something right now, and I believe that's an evangelism word, but also I believe it's a word that there's something to partner with right now that God is doing for each one of us. He, you know, he said, you're saying it's not happening yet. You're saying it's a time to wait until something happens. <laughs> he, he says, but I say to you, look up. You know, we saw those words in, in Isaiah 60. Look up, you look up and see. There's something right now in each of our lives, in our personal lives, our families, our ministries, our businesses, to, to invest in that God is on that's going to reap great harvest. So that's, that's number three, Van. Steve, uh, that's just fantastic. <laughs> it really stirs my heart. I, I think the word that you gave that you said uh, was, was for leaders, uh, tell your people, to move forward. That sounds like a powerful word for, uh, for each of us ourselves. We need to be speaking that to our own hearts. Yeah. But, um, as, as the church body for businesses, 
and for individuals out there too. So we're going to take that very seriously and, uh, you know, continue to move on that word. Okay. Very good. Good. All right. You ready for number four? Yep. Here we go. And how we arise and shine, you know, we believe that we'll thrive no matter what happens. We're radically thankful. We're moving forward in our own lives. And, and the fourth one is that we, we give a, we freshly surrender our lives to Jesus and we worship. We freshly surrender our lives to Jesus and worship. And this is a, this is a time where um, we, we just, again, we just yield our hearts and we yield our agendas. We, we yield our ideas. We, we, we worship. We just, you know, we, we say, God, no matter what happens, I worship you. I surrender my heart to you. We're like the three Hebrew children in um, Daniel 3, where they say, we're not bowing down. <laughs> God, God's able, he's able to do whatever we're believing he's going to do, but no matter what happens, we're not bowing down. We're still worshiping him. And Chris Vallotton, one of the, many of you know, one of the main leaders here at Bethel, here in Reading, he at staff meeting this Wednesday, he was, he was just sharing, you know, a few, few things. He shared a prophetic word. One of them was that, and which I'll just release right now is that this is a great, see, this is a season of evangelism. The evangelists are getting raised up incredibly healthy evangelists are being poured out, are being raised up. But he was also talking about how, um, you know, each of us kind of has an idea as we think about our future, what our future is going to be and kind of get things lined out. And, and, and this is a season where we're having to surrender that, you know, where we're having to just say, you know what? <clears throat> and he used the example of Isaac, of Abraham, his promise. He saw his future in Isaac. But there came a point where he was willing to surrender Isaac, which was his future for in, in, his, in his, a fresh surrender of giving his heart to the Lord. And as you said that, I was really touched by, by that. And just, you know, all of us are at a point of where this uncertainty in our lives. Um, one of the things that's going to do is just we're, we're, we're going to, we're surrendering our hearts once more. And we're saying, God, I give you what I thought was my future. I give you what I think was the direction you're taking my life. And I surrender that. And I give you permission to use me to do things in my life that is that maybe I hadn't even thought of before. New directions, new focuses. And I yield again to you, Lord. And it's in that arising and shining as we just freshly surrender our lives to God that 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 becomes catalytic and we do say with with isaiah once more here am i lord send me who will go for me who will go for us here am i send me steve that's that um that's so powerful um just the idea that you know so many people are focused on trying to overcome fear and really what i what i hear from your message is focus on the future. What's God calling you to? What's God speaking? You know, where's God asking you to move ahead? And fear is just going to not be an issue then when, when you grasp the significance of what God's calling you to. Yeah, because it's, it's very, um, 
you know, I think about Nehemiah, Nehemiah six, and he, you know, he's got his enemies trying to stop him from building and they try one more time and they send him, you know, a letter say, Hey, meet with us in the Valley of Ono. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it's translated in other, you know, languages, but you can get a lot of preaching mileage out of the Valley of Ono. <laughs> and, and I love what Nehemiah said, why should I come down to you for I'm doing a great work? Nehemiah was convinced he was doing a great work. Those who believe they're doing a great work are doing a great work. And one of the ways, and you know, and I think, you know, I say this, celebrate progress, not perfection in your emotional journey on this. You know, if you're battling discouragement, if fear gets on you for a while, don't, don't get condemned. You know, we're, we're all seeking. I don't stay constantly euphoric. My goal is to make my low places higher and not stay as long. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that happen. I used to go this low and stay two weeks. Now I just go this low and stay two hours. And I celebrate that. And, but I do know this, and what you're saying, Van, is that it isn't, just a, it isn't just trying to fight against fear. It's not against just saying, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be fearful. No, that we have to replace that fear. And I believe Nehemiah said, I'm not coming down into the Valley of Ono. Basically, I translated, I'm not coming down into the Valley of Fear, because I'm doing a great work. I'm moving forward in something. And it's that thing that I believe one of the main things that I'm seeing for the people of your ministry and those that you influence, God has a great work for you right now. You're doing a great work. You're significant right now. And as you continue to move forward in that, that is going to be an antidote to fear. It's going to be an antidote to fatalism and giving up because you guys are important. Steve, those words are so encouraging to my heart and, and I know to, to our whole church body. Just having you speak those prophetic words to us as a church is uh, really life-giving. Thank you for that. And uh, one last question I had here. Um, I, I have two of my senior leaders here, Luke Hazelmeyer and my son, Wilson Cochran. Yeah, I love those guys. You know these guys. <laughs> Luke just asked the question, how do we know if we need more hope? You know, someone might not know that they need more hope. Well, I think how we, we know we need more hope. I mean, first of all, I can say all of us need more hope. I can make a general statement. Every single person, including me, needs more hope. But I'll, I'll, I, <laughs> but I'll specifically say if, if we don't have hope, you know, this is, this is the thing the Lord told me. I was learning this in the, you know, about hope in the desert. And, uh, I'm reading a book by Francis Frangipan. This is in the 90s. I'm, I'm moving. I had love, faith, I valued. But now he says, I want you to value hope. Reading this book by Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. And one of the battlegrounds is the mind. And he says, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area has a stronghold of the devil in your life. Well, I realized I was a person with good doctrine, but had bad beliefs. And so I know I need hope because if, if my emotions do not have hope, Romans 15, 13 says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So the moment I believe truth is the moment I start getting filled by the God of hope. So 
if my emotions don't have hope, all joy and peace, then I need more hope. But I don't just try to work up hope. I, I have to ask myself, what's the lie that's creating the lack of hope? And I'm not just trying to do mental gymnastics. And you know, Wendy, you know, she was there and one of her favorite quotes, and you know, when I hear it, it's kind of an ouch quote to me. <laughs> she, she says, if you want a different emotion, you need a different belief. I thought, ooh, <laughs> and you know, and again, there's no condemnation, but it's great information. If I don't know what my problem is, I have a real problem. My problem's not the devil. My problem's not the past. My problem's not my circumstances. My problem is my beliefs. And so if I don't have hope, then I, I understand there's a lie that is creating that lack of hope. And then I say, what's the truth? What do I need to believe to have hope in this area is the power question. If I'm battling for hope, then what do I need to believe to have hope for my nation? What do I need to believe to have hope for my future? What do I need to believe to have hope for my finances? Then that's the power question. We ask the Lord that question. He's going to give us wisdom. Thank you, Steve. That's great. Um, Hey, would you pray for the church right now? Just pray for the people listening. And yeah. I think particularly around that issue of moving forward, that God would give everybody wisdom and open hearts, <laughs> really to see and to grasp where in my life, where in my business, in my parenting, in my relationships with uh, my neighbors or family, where do I need to move forward and how? What's God calling me to? I'd love to pray for you. Yeah, Father, thank you for uh, this great church. Vineyard Northwest Cincinnati. Thank you, Lord, for every person connected. Thank you for their staff. Thank you for their leadership team. Thank you for those who call that church, this church, their home. And, and Lord, I, I just pray a blessing over them and over everybody else who's watching today in, in the name of Jesus, that you'd strengthen them in their inner being. You'd strengthen them. Father, with a revelation of your love and an encounter with your love. Father, thank you for um, the peace that you're giving them. Thank you for um, just the manifest grace in their life and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we do pray about this area, about forward movement. And I thank you right now that you're giving a clarity on that, clarity that you're, you're taking us out of survivalism. You're taking us out of passivity or, or, or being feeling neutralized. And thank you, Lord, as the, the children of Israel started moving forward, the Red Sea parted. Thank you, there's miracles ahead as we move forward within our lives. And I do, I just, I just thank you. I just speak a blessing over your church, a blessing of, of just increased influence, a blessing of souls saved, powerful discipleship, healthy families, uh, financial provision over every person connected to the church, a blessing of purpose, a blessing of freedom in our emotions, freedom in our lifestyle. And thank you, Jesus, for the city of Cincinnati as well and Ohio. Thank you for your blessing upon that city, upon that great state, Lord. Thank you. They're arising and shining in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Thank you so much, Steve. And um, hey, to everyone uh, tuning in, thank you so much for tuning into this broadcast. And uh, I'm, boy, I'm so, sh I, I just know you're all blessed <laughs> and encouraged and you're going to want to come back and listen to this message over and over again. Uh, Steve's ministry is called Igniting Hope Ministries. You can go online and find it. I really have a sense that some of you, many of you, are feeling led just to make a donation to his ministry right now. And, um, and so I just want to say, do that, follow up with that. Uh, IgnitingHope.com, IgnitingHopeMinistries.org. It's IgnitingHope.com. All right, just, thank you. Just IgnitingHope.com. <laughs> it's IgnitingHope.com. Good, thanks. I'm glad I asked. Uh, hey, at the very least, right now, I want you to think, pray one thing from this message that you're going to carry away and that you are going to start practicing. And, um, and so just want to give you that encouragement tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, there'll be worship on our YouTube channel. Um, the, just go to YouTube and type in Vineyard Northwest church and you'll find that. And then at nine 30, I'm going to come on every day this week and uh, give some uh, devotional thoughts through from the book of Isaiah, which is what Steve spoke from uh, this morning. So uh, again, Steve, thank you and uh, blessings. Let's connect again real soon, okay? Amen, amen. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Blessings to you. We'll see you next week.